Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Will it happen or won't it happen? You can bet on it with the Betfair Exchange, proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by AtTheRaces.com, your ultimate resource for finding winners. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast and a very, very special edition of the show. Hope we find you well on this beautiful day. And I'm very, very proud to be able to welcome a first-time guest to the show. Uh, In 1996, at the age of just 26, already a record-breaking trainer in the National Hunt Sphere, Coolmore Supremo, John Magner approached him to fill the shoes of the legendary trainer Vincent O'Brien following his retirement. And since then, he has set every record imaginable, won every group and grade one race worth talking about. And in 2017, set the world record for group and grade one winners in a single year with 28 wins. It's an honor and a privilege to welcome Aidan O'Brien to the Final Furlong Podcast. Uh, good, good afternoon, Emmett. How are you? I'm in good form, thank God. How has lockdown treated you and the team at Bally Doyle? You know, um, I suppose, sure, like everybody else, it was uh, just every every everybody was just kind of had to go slow and be very cautious and uh, be very careful uh, of everybody else and be re- very respectful of everyone's space, really. Um, and it, it was just, a, I think, just probably a worrying time for everybody, really. And we had just got through the first day of the flat season. So one of the things that intrigues me most about this is when you're preparing a horse with with a a target in mind and you have the winning most record for the 2000 guineas, for example. So you have a, a plan in mind, you have a date and suddenly through no fault of anybody's, that date is then snatched away from you and it enters a very uncertain time. How difficult is it to keep racehorses ticking over and to keep them ready to then rebuild them for for a race like the weekend? Yeah, no, obviously it's it's uh, it, it can be tricky. Um, like obviously, um, our first uh, big target of the year always is kind of uh, like obviously we we trained horses for Dubai this year. Um, but then of our own season, the, the first main target is is uh, um, is the is the English Guineas and. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of preparation gone into it, months, um, really, um, and uh, and months and months of preparation, really, and 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 that's where the 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 plan was to kind of release the the, the first of them for the season, really. So uh, obviously, it it is um, it's not straightforward, and and obviously, when when you're building and building and you get to the point, and then you have to pull back, it it's it, and that's when it becomes a little bit tricky. So, um, listen, we obviously did it, and like everybody else as well. So, um, um, we had to just slowly come back down, and then 
slowly wind back up again. But um, uh, sure, we, we'll see the horses seem to be well, Emmett. Um, and it's obviously, it's it's a moving target then and, and every single part of it is, is moving in every direction every day. So listen, you're concentrating a lot on everything and uh, you're just trying to come back down and then slowly build back up again, you know. So it, it's... Um, isn't it? It's just it just have to be very careful and and uh, obviously we we think the horses are ready to run and and uh, again and uh, so obviously we we hope that they run well really. And when we approach the two thousand guineas, it's a race that you've got an excellent record in, as we said, but also you have a fantastic record in it first time out. So in, in a way, there there may very well be an advantage there to you, um, and in that conversation you'll have due to quarantine procedures i imagine shamie heffernan and wayne lorden won't be making the journey over but you do have the talents obviously of ryan moore and you've also booked a certain mr frankie dettori for the weekend yeah that's right emmet um like obviously the lads can't travel and and uh, our uh, rules at the moment are obviously if we leave ireland to go to england we have to do two weeks quarantine uh, back here so obviously that's not possible for us at the moment this time of the season um so uh, obviously we we hope when that lifts then we'll be able to go um but uh, like obviously we were lucky that frankie was available and uh, and obviously we were delighted that he agreed to ride for us really uh, I'd say he jumped at the chance, to say the least. Uh, in, in terms of the team that you have, so Arizona was a very exciting juvenile last season, obviously winner of the Coventry Stakes. By no name ever, I've had the privilege of seeing him up close at Coolmore, and he's an absolute monster, and he seems to pass that on to his progeny. How has he looked to you over the the spring? Uh, how has he strengthened up, and how is he ahead of the weekend? Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, Emmett, everything seems well with him. And like you said, he is a big rangy horse. Um, and uh, we we always thought that he was a horse to look forward to for three. Um, he's good mind. He's relaxed. Um, but he is big and he is rangy. Um, you know, he, he never looked like a horse was just a two-year-old, really. Um, so uh, everything has went well with him since. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing him uh, run now. Um, but no, like we're... we're, like we're uh, like everything has went well, Emmett, you know, and looking forward to seeing him run, really. And one of the horses that you mentioned early on that he would be joined by is Wichita. I know the plan now is to have a couple of runners in the race. How is he wintered? Yeah, good as well. And he's the same. He's a big, powerful horse with loads of scope as well. He's he's um, like uh, Arizona and might carry a little bit more muscle, um, but a big, powerful horse as well. And he has done well. And he didn't start until later than, than Arizona. Um, but got plenty of experience and was in Newmarket as well. So, yeah, he's a horse we, we, we were always looking forward to for this year as well. And he, to be fair, I may have underestimated his juvenile form because when I suggested on the podcast last week that uh, he could be a pacemaker for Arizona, Jane Mangan savaged me instantly. Uh, he, he does look as though he's a very exciting horse. Um, but in terms of the other horses who will be lining up in the race alongside him, uh, New World Tapestry holds an entry, Royal Dornock. Will they be joining them? Yeah, the plan is at the moment they could. Um, um, Royal Jornock, obviously, last time he ran, I think, was in the Royal Lodge in Newmarket. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so he's in good form and ready to go again, but ready to start off, uh, we think. And, and New World Tapestry had a run. So 
um, yeah, he's, he's possible, not definite. Obviously, we 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 have to declare in the morning. But at the moment, we're thinking definitely three will be declared: uh, Arizona, Wichita, and Royal Donut. And then we just have to make a decision about New World Tapestry. Um, so um, I suppose Wichita, he didn't race till late last year, and he, his races came up a little bit quick. But he ran a new market twice. But we felt we wanted to run him there, and we needed to run him into two different types of ground to just to get a feel of of what to or where to go with him this year and what what uh what way he was so he, even though uh he won his group race before the Jewhorse very well and then he ran the Jewhorse ran very well even though it was quick enough back for him but we, we think uh, it would have all uh, um, would have all been a big help to him for this year and, and like obviously then Ryle Jonak was the first time we stepped him I think beyond six I think uh, was then in the Ryle Lodge and then he, he ran and, and he um, I think Andrew Andrew's horse was second so he, we were delighted with that run and in terms of the opposition, Pinatubu obviously sets a very, very high standard. You faced him a lot last season. Uh, you weren't afraid to, to take him on. You even took Arizona to America, which in the past has actually paid dividends. Um, you don't seem to be afraid to take Pinatubu back on. But then again, no trainer can be afraid of, of one horse. But being there on what really was Pat Smullen's day, Irish St. Ledger Day, that was a sensational performance from Pinatubu. He's a very, very exciting horse. And taking him on again from a rival's perspective, I suppose, is going to be quite exciting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we don't ever really think too much about the opposition, really. Uh, we always focus on having our own horse as well as we can have them, and then, and then whatever will be will be really. Um, like uh, we're happy with our horses, and we have been happy with them through the winter, and we have been have had our eye on the guineas for a good while. So um, no, listen, we're um, like obviously looking forward to it, and, and with any big race, like obviously the the better the horses that are in there and the horses with the big profiles and the exciting horses when they're all there together it's what everybody wants and uh, I think what everyone in racing wants and that's what makes people be interested in it you know so which is great you know so like we love when when the races are very competitive and and obviously when they're competitive you're lucky if you win some and and that's the way we we approach every race really. And to have competitive racing back is a blessing, really, considering the way things are, that we can actually sit at our homes and watch these brilliant races uh, and these potentially brilliant horses. Uh, very much looking forward to it. We're recording on Tuesday, so you were talking about the declarations, which have been increased to 72-hour decks. So it's currently 12 minutes past one on Tuesday uh, that Aidan and I are recording. Uh, would it be fair to say that Ryan will be on board Arizona? I think it, at the moment, uh, but like obviously, he, he, we never ask Ryan only makes his decision like until five minutes before the jockeys go down. But at the moment, I would say that's what, the way Ryan is thinking. Um, and and obviously, then if that is the case, Frankie will be probably on which of But like it's not like Ryan is Ryan's prerogative to to change as late as he wants or at any time, you know. So, but that's what we're thinking at the moment, Emmett. And the Phillies, uh, love was a bit of a superstar for you last year and she got very close to the anti-post favourite for the 1000 guineas quadrilateral uh, a group one winner in her own right how has she done over the winter and how has she done physically yeah no we're, we're very happy with her also um, done very well physically um, she's um 
she seems to be in good form. Um, um, we always thought that she would obviously uh, get further than a mile. Uh, she loves fast ground and she's ready to start. And like obviously we, we thought that she's a filly that could start in the Guineas and, and could end up in an Oaks, you know. So um, nothing has, has uh, changed our thinking uh, over the winter and, and uh, she's ready to start, we think, and looking forward to seeing her run as well. As we stay with the classic prospects, the new condensed fixture list means that the Irish 2000 Guineas falls very quickly and then we're into the St. James's Palace Stakes and fair play to Royal Ascot for moving that race back to the Saturday to try and give everybody as much of a chance to get there. Um, it's a complication though for you because you like to have runners in the French 2000 Guineas, obviously that's gone um, and it's going to be virtually impossible to compete in Newmarket and the Curra. Uh, what is your current thinking for the Irish 2000 Guineas and then for the St. James's Palace Stakes? Um, I suppose we have a good few horses in the in the pot for the Irish Guineas. Like um, we have Armory and and the horse that won the July Stakes and uh, um, the American Pharaoh horse that was second or third in the Hines and then the horse that was second in the Hines as well. So they're all in the in the pot for that. Um, our, our thinking, I suppose, was um, there's a horse that was marvelous there as well. <clears throat> our, our thinking was obviously if we were going to wheel back to Ascot we kind of nearly had to start in the English Guineas because it was going to be a little bit tight going from like obviously it would be very tight going from one weekend to the other but like obviously uh, I think it was very good thinking from the lads in Ascot to, to get the St. James's Palace and the Carnation on as late as possible because then it gave you a chance from the English Guineas and then listen it, it's a slim chance from the Curra to to ask that but still and all there is a chance it could happen but like obviously it would be very hard to wheel them back a week after you know so um uh, that's why we were thinking of starting the two the, the two or three horses in, in, in the English guineas and, and thinking that they could be St James's Palace horses. And then with the Philly, um we think that probably love will probably go up in distance after the guineas and uh, her next one could be the oaks like i've obviously nothing's written in stone and the lads will decide and think about what they want to do and what way to play it but uh, and then we could run a couple of fillies in in the in the irish guineas and one of those might be a carnation filly even though it's, it's coming back a little bit quick um but listen it's just a little bit up in the air and it's changing all the time Emerson. it depends on how horses come out races and all that kind of stuff at the moment and the american pharaoh you mentioned is monarch of egypt who had a, a huge reputation last year um he's got proper group one form with siskin as well uh, he had a setback and that meant that he missed royal ascot and you could kind of tell in the railway stakes that he needed that run, but he got very close to Siskin in the Phoenix stakes and, and possibly things just didn't really go to plan then afterwards for him. How has he been over the winter? You know, he's good. And we always thought that he was, he, he, he always worked better than he ran. Um, and that we always felt that we haven't got the best out of him. Uh, he's in very good form at the moment. Um, and, and uh, we're just debating whether we go to the Jersey stakes in Ascot um and uh, and obviously if you were doing that you'll end up probably uh, like obviously you'll end up missing the Irish guineas mm. um so well, all those things are just a little bit up in there what we're going to do with those type of horses yes um um you know so maybe if 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 we if it was if it was um if we had the Irish guineas a little bit earlier then it was a little bit more straightforward if it was close to the English guineas but it's not and that's where it is now and that's that's the way it is so we just um it's just sometimes it's just very hard to get a clear picture in your head what way you're going to 
you're going to go. Um, so it's it's very much changing on a, on a daily basis, Emmett, really. And staying with your classic prospects, Mogul is a horse who, who came with a huge reputation. Uh, you and the team were very sporting to switch to Newcastle at the request of John Dance for, shout out to John, uh, for the Virgin Futurity Stakes. The all-weather would have been not exactly ideal for him, um, but an exciting prospect, as is Inish Free, who competed in that race as well. How have your Derby prospects wintered? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, no. Listen, it was a bit of a. It was a bit of a. Listen, it it probably didn't suit like taking those type of horses to Newcastle. Obviously, I, there was a chance it was going to Newmarket, and that's the way we were hoping that it would go. So I, I suppose um, Newcastle is very good track, but it's two furlongs. The first two furlongs are downhill, and it's on an all weather surface, you know. So those type of. Uh, it probably wasn't ideal for those type of middle distance horses that were going to be middle distance horses at three, you know. But they're in good form. Uh, he, he's in good form. Um, um, this more thinking of starting him into Dernstown. And if he didn't go there, he could go to the King Edward at, at Ascot or something like that. He's he's a, a big, powerful horse. And a little bit of worry about him is that we would have liked to have run him at this stage and he'd be on his second run now kind of and if he was good enough to go to Derby he'd be on his third run so it looks like at the moment obviously if he's he'll only have the one run so um, we think he's a horse we progress as the year goes on and we always felt that he would get a mile and a quarter plus so um, that's what we're thinking a little bit at the moment Emmett but like I say the, the whole thing is changing the whole time because uh, when we had to take a foot off the accelerator with some horses, some horses thrived a lot and some didn't thrive much. So the ones that thrived, you just have to be careful getting them back because they might need the runs. And then the ones that didn't thrive, you just have to be careful winding them up again in case you, you squeeze them too tight and you lose them, you know. So it's it's just all a very much changing thing at the moment. And it's going to be a fascinating aspect of this season as well to see how all of that plays out. We're also in the unusual position of having the Irish Derby before the Derby. Um, it may not be possible to compete in the Grand Prix de Paris. We don't know what the situation will be in France uh, and indeed the French Derby as well. And I know that there are races that you're quite keen to compete in as well. But two of the other horses that I wanted to talk to you about for the Derby are Inish Free, who we, we briefly touched on. Uh, he ran a cracker in Newcastle and obviously had taken the, the Beresford stakes prior to that. And... My favourite horse's brother, uh, Highland Real, Nobel Prize, uh, lightly raced last year, came good in a back-end maiden at uh, at Nace. He was late on the scene as well. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Inish Free um, was doing everything very nice and, and still is, but we, he had a little bit of a setback and we had to give him an easy few days. And, and it probably was... Uh, caused by the, the break in his, his rhythm of his training and uh, because of that if he's going to the derby it's very possible that he'll have to go there without a run um, Nobel Prize then is, is Highland Reel's brother he's going lovely he's he's probably a horse that will stay a mile and quarter even mile and a half and even could get further you know he's a he's a big horse he's probably a bigger horse than his brother so he's ready to run uh, where we go I'm not sure but it's possible that he could go to Ascot and uh, start from there and see how we go from, from, from there, really. And Ascot, you've kind of alluded to, is essentially it's this weird situation of where they're almost becoming Derby and Oaks trials this season. But uh, at least we have Royal Ascot, so we can look forward to that and see how those horses get on. With a view to Royal Ascot, 
Lope Fernandez. I'm sure I've butchered that pronunciation uh, again this season. That was a running joke last year. But he was a horse who had a, a big reputation. It seems as though you're looking at sprint distances with him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I suppose I forgot to mention the Irish Derby too. I mean, that's in a great position this year. It's the first Derby. So all the, the best of the mile and a half horses will probably end up going to the car. And, and I think it's worth, it might be worth more than any of the other mile and a half. So that that's a great position this year. I'm delighted to see that that Ryan and everybody didn't change that. So um, that's going to be something to look forward to. Sorry, on, on the Derby, just because of its proximity to Epsom, so the fact that it, it comes in first, Coolmore have been a huge supporter of that race over the years. And you, we'll talk about your older horses later on. You took it last year with, with Sovereign. Is it possible that you would target the Curra and skip Epsom with certain horses? Or would you try and, and do the double? Or is that even feasible? It's probably going to be tight. I think they're one week after another, is it? I yes. Something like that. Um, yeah, that's tight, you know. So, listen, I, I, I'm, listen I'm not I'm not sure. It'll depend on how horses are and, and what kind of form they're in at the time. But obviously, like obviously the Epsom Derby is, is like like seriously prestigious, important race and always has been. And, and, and the Cora is as well. But what I'm saying this year, like, listen, the, 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 the Cora will... Like it's it's open to get very good horses uh, this year, you know as well. Like usually, what happens is the Epsom Derby is the first Derby, and then and then everyone kind of knows what's what over a mile and a half at that stage, and everyone is running left, right, and centre, all going different races, you know. So it's going to be very interesting this year, uh, um, at what way it's going to happen. But I, I'd imagine one week after that is going to be too close. Um, but listen, I think everybody in England have done great to get the Epsom Derby on. Yeah, and to run it back, run it back at Epsom, which is is vital uh, because it it it, it like it's a, a serious test for 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 generations of horses, you know. So and and like you have to have benchmarkers like that and to be able to compare horses again, horses for season after season, and that's how, what the whole thoroughbred uh, breed is based on, really. Um, so I suppose and and and. Uh, Listen, and then I, I suppose we, we about Lupe De Fernandez. I'm probably pronounced the worst than you, Emma. But <laughs> listen, they, they, we we he, 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 we're not really sure with him whether he's a a miler or he's a sprinter. And and what's going on in our minds at the moment that the lads haven't really decided what they're wanting to do. Um, if we're going to go to Ascot for the Commonwealth, we have to probably start in Nace over five and a half and to get a run into him. But if we do that. It probably stops his chance of giving him a chance of being a miler. Um, he's a horse with an awful lot of pace. Um, he, he, he um, we think he works very well when you put him asleep, um, and and he comes there. But if he if he's too involved in the race early, he's he's inclined to tank too much, and he's an awful lot of pace, and and the distance becomes a bit far from. So we haven't really decided, or the lads haven't decided what they want to do. So there's a chance he could be trained for the Commonwealth, and if he doesn't do that there's a chance he could go to the Irish Guineas or there's a chance he could go to the Jersey or there's a chance he could go to St. James's Palace so it's all a little bit up in the air and because it's so condensed you don't have too much time to make um, you don't have too much time to make mistakes because a mistake can cost you a lot for the season but these horses because what's happening is they'll, they'll probably go into the end of the season probably improving more and then there'll be probably more improvement from three to four with some of them because we, we won't get time to learn or when we do learn that the season will be over and we'll be just getting ready for next year. So, um, yeah, it's just all changing a little bit. Emmett. And that's an interesting point. And given what's happened and the way the season has gone topsy-turvy, 
does do you think that that then means that more horses than usual will come back in training next year potentially i would say they will uh, and and probably what's going to happen is horses are we're not going to see some of their full potential this year because we'll be learning about them as the season goes on then the season will will end up finishing and uh, and you won't really know what way to go or what way to train them until next year but you won't be able to make that change this in this part of the season because you won't have time so i'd imagine it's going to be very competitive with the with the four-year-olds and up next year and it's interesting to see somebody like richard hannon come out and and already stayed given the fact that he's got such a great record in the guineas that he's skipping that race with threat and going straight to the saint james's palace stakes so trainers are, are clearly picking and choosing their targets whereas in the past you would have had the time to go potentially for 2000 guineas irish 2000 guineas and then on to royal ascot so it, it will be fascinating if we get more of a population of four-year-olds next year and it's interesting to hear that you think that will be the case um just two more three-year-olds to ask you about before i i pester you for your older horses uh, vatican city is a horse who fascinates me beautiful pedigree obviously being by galileo out of you're so thrilling uh, and the other horse a Derby prospect, Arthur's Kingdom by Camelot. Yeah, um, batting City's going very well. I just took a little bit of time to come to hand, but his last few pieces of work are, are very nice and, and he looks like he's really coming. Uh, we're thinking of maybe starting him in the Irish Guineas um, and going on from there. He's a horse that will progress, but um, we're very happy with what he's doing lately and, and that's where he could end up starting. And uh, then um, the Camelot out of Madeira miss, um, the horseshoe, um, what's his, his racing name again? Arthur's Kingdom. Um, Artist Kingdom, yeah, he's he's going lovely. Um, he's a lovely run in France at the back end. Like he's a horse, we'll get a mile and a quarter, we'll get a mile and a half, and could end up getting a mile and six. Very straightforward horse, very genuine. Um, no, and, and he's in good order and ready to start as well. So uh, they all can't start in the Bally Sacks, and they all can't go to Ascot. But we we will probably between the Bally Sacks and Ascot, we'll try and get as many of the three year olds out as we can, especially the middle distance horses. And when a juvenile runs such a big race in the Criterium de Saint-Cloud, uh, the, the fact that that's a 10 furlong race for two-year-olds, I remember Fame and Glory winning that race for you. There have been plenty of horses who've done that for you in the past. Does that, the fact that they're able to get that distance as a juvenile, what does that tell you about what you can then work with as a three-year-old? Yeah, well, it usually says if you can get a mile and a quarter at that time of year, you're probably going to get a mile and a half or further. But but the the, the beauty about it is really it's not what it, it's what what it tells you not to do the following year. Um, like obviously those kind of horses, um, himself and I think Mythical ran in that race, and I think Olivia rode him and and Mich- Michael rode him, the other horse. So they they like we learned a lot about them in that, and and they had to travel and they had to. They had to go around there and they had to go left-handed and they had to tough it out, you know. So it, it makes them grow up um, and it makes the it makes them very contented for the winter when you when you do that to them and and uh, and it just makes it a lot easier in the spring when you're training them. Um, obviously, um, when when you have uh, those lads on them, then they don't bottom them and, and we think it only does them good. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see how he gets on this season. Uh, in terms of your older horses, we're going to see two of them this weekend in the Coronation Cup, which we'll be talking about on Thursday's show. Anthony Van Dyke, the Derby winner, is is back this season and a welcome sight. And he'll be joined by Broom, who had taken two Derby trials in Ireland, the Ballysacks and the Derrinstown, prior to running a, a big race in the Derby. 
how are both? And what was the, the thought process of starting them? Because we had seen Sir Dragonet on the opening day of the season. I know he was beaten, but he looked as though he was a horse who was in need of that race. What was the thought process in, in starting the Coronation Cup for Anthony van Dyke and Broome? Yes, I suppose, we, the, I suppose it's simple, really. Like, we have to start running them and they have to get out. And uh, we ha- they all, like, both of them could have asked us um, engagements, uh, but they, they need to run. Um, obviously, Newmarket is a lovely track. It, it'd be lovely, uh, fast ground. Um, and and uh, we have to see where they're going to go or where they're going to fit in. But, like, we're very happy with Anthony. We, we just made it. Like I shouldn't have ran him in the in the King George last year in the bad ground, and it just it just um, like when we were after training them for the Derby, it just it just it just he felt it. So um, listen, he's fresh and he's well again and ready to go. And then uh, Broom, like obviously he said, won the two trials, and and uh, and then he, he ran in the in the races after that. But he, he's um, both of those horses are very well. We think both of them get will get the trip well, and we think they'll handle nice ground. But they're just they're ready to start them, and we're just going to hope for their see where they're going to fit in. Um, so Dragon at then was in as well, and but we just said, listen, he's after having a run, and like he can go straight into Ascot now uh, if he needs to. Um, uh, like obviously he's had his run early, and uh, like we were very happy with his run in Ace, and and we've been very happy with him since, you know. So they're listen, they're they're lovely horses to have, and and uh, listen, it's it's good that if we can get them started, we can see what kind of a program they go. We we usually have a rough guide in our heads what we're going to do but when they run then it can change and listen the lads have a good discussion and they often decide to go different ways and and if that's the way is whatever way they're, they're comfortable at that's the way we go really is the hardwick stakes something you'd be considering for sir dragon I? I i think so uh and there's a mile and a quarter list address there that he it might suit a meter that's uh, magic wand was second in uh, last year we were kind of thinking of that for him um, and like races like the Hardwick and that could suit um, Anthony Van Dyke you know so uh, they're all like there's all different types of races there and um, like obviously can change but they're some of the things that are going on in our heads at the moment uh, Sovereign uh, a surprise winner of the Irish Derby maybe not a surprise winner to you but he, he bounded clear uh, how has he been over the winter? Yeah, very good. Uh, we've been very happy with him since. We always thought that he was more of a four-year-old than a three-year-old. And that's why we didn't go back again with him. Um, he's very well. Um, we were kind of go slow with him, and uh, we're trying to not to um, we're trying not to run him uh, in high summer if we can. Uh, he's done four or five pieces of work back, and he's in good shape. But we will probably end up missing Ascot and maybe start him in a little race somewhere to get him ready for the autumn and then look at the autumn with him but he's a big fine big horse and has done very well physically obviously he stays a mile and a half and he handles the knees in the ground so all that stuff uh, would be would help him in the autumn so um, that's what we're thinking at the moment We have two former Belly Doyle employees on the show uh, Declan Ricks who famously gets labelled the stone picker but get to had the, the honour of looking after some valuable horses and Caroline Murta has just joined the team as well uh, which we're, we're delighted about and Caroline was naming Japan as one of her three horses to follow for the season to me he's a hugely exciting horse he ran a massive race in the derby I thought his performance in the Grand Prix de Paris was underrated, but more importantly, you supplemented him for the Judmont and he put in a tremendous performance that day. The Prince of Wales looks to be the starting point for him at Royal Ascot. Yeah, that's what we're thinking at the moment, Miss. Um, 
you know, he's, he's in good form. Uh, he, like if he goes there, he'll be just ready to start and, and should come on more from it. But that's what we're thinking of. Um, like the same again, needs to start somewhere. Um, listen, we don't think he has any problem with a mile and a quarter and, and we think that he gets a mile and a half. So everything seems good with him at the moment and we're just trying to go gently and slowly wind him up without winding him up too fast. Uh, like if we wind him up too fast again, uh, he 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 won't stay around till the end of the season. So we'll just wind him up slowly, and then hopefully, when he does run, that he he will be ready to do himself justice and and improve from there. So it's just a little bit of a fine line, but we're we're very happy with what he's doing at the moment. Is the ultimate aim with him the arc? I guess now I think it, it's definitely definitely on the cards of one of them. Um, I suppose the, the problem with everything this year, like it's very hard to think of the ultimate aim anywhere because the ultimate aim is kind of one week at a time because like we don't know about the Breeders' Cup. We don't like we're hoping all those things will happen and we're hoping that France will open up. Um, you know, so it's it's everything is is very unsure at the moment and and like you just kind of have to go kind of baby steps. And kind of, kind of keep watching where you're putting your foot down. To, uh, you know what I mean? It's like nothing. You can't take anything for granted uh, this year. You know. So, um, um, listen. It's obviously it's a great race, and it's a race that we love to be able to compete in. And uh, we were very happy with his run last year in the arc from being a kind of what we would call a baby th- three-year-old. You know. So, mm. um, no. So, listen. We're going to look forward to him. Hopefully, uh, Emmett. I think if there's one thing this year can give us that's a positive, it's a new perspective on life and a new appreciation of life. And you're right not to be planning too much that we have to, to take things as they come. Um, with a view, though, to potential our courses, you got a fantastic bonus from the lads because the horse who, who gave you your first champion stakes victory, as in the English champion stakes, is magical. And it was a magical day for your family because obviously Donica was on board and he's no longer uh, around now. He's going to be yet another rival for you to be to be taken on this season in the training ranks. Um, but yeah, she's but she's back and uh, uh, she she was she's a very very tough multiple Group One winning mare. Uh, that was a special performance at Ascot. You must be thrilled to have her back. Yeah, no, thanks, Emma. Yeah, no, see, we're delighted to have her back and, and delighted that the lads agreed to leave her there. Uh, she's a lovely mare. Um, she's, I think she'll probably get an entry in the Prince of Wales if we haven't already entered her. Um, but uh, she's in good shape. Um, she uh, worked this morning and everything. He seems well with her. We're thinking that Ascot might come too quick, but listen, obviously, with, with the like of her, when you start going for a little feel or looking for any little button that she just starts happening very quick so we'll, we'll see where she is um, obviously if she was going there it would be the Prince of Wales and we were just thinking if we didn't go there we might start in the Pretty Polly or something you know so she's a lovely mare a mare to look forward to like she's only five now and um Listen, there's every chance that she could have came forward again from last year. But like, this obviously we won't know till we, we race her, but we're very happy with her at the moment. And you have another five-year-old coming back in Kew Gardens who's going to be aimed at the at the Gold Cup. Um, when you have horses of, of that age, John Gosden and yourself in the past have talked about how this is the physical peak of, of racehorses. Uh, how much of a difficult task is it training them when they're that little bit older? Yeah, I think maybe their, your four or five is maybe their 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 um physical 
peak, um, you know, um, and then after that, kind of, you're just holding them together, really, and looking after them, you know. Um, listen, he, he's he's um, he's well. He's 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 older now, and he's more fragile. And uh, like, if he goes, he'll go there without a run. Um, but we don't take any chances with horses like that. But like, when they get to that stage, kind of, they're like glass, you know. So mm. so uh, you just have to train them very cautiously, cautiously, and, and you don't um, try to improve them or look for improvements. You just hopefully to try and get them there, you know, because it's not fair to ask them to try and improve at that age because really they, they don't. Uh, like probably four and five is their is their best time, um, and after that they'll they'll uh, they'll um, they they can start dipping, you know. And 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 the problem is with them you, you don't really know until you're on them um, um, and obviously some of them show you signs and then you say to yourself maybe they're cheating or whatever this that or the other thing at home but <laughs> usually usually when when they're starting to show those signs at home that listen they're, they're starting to dip a little bit and sometimes you get away with it on the track and, and uh, that's the way it is but listen it just becomes not straightforward at that age you know what I mean you know so uh, we, we'll see we're, we're going gentle and, and we're treating them very respectful at the moment and uh, and we'll keep going as long as he's happy to go and if we don't think there's any danger on him. And I spoke to Dunica a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about his new career um, and that was a very special day for you and the family but Q Gardens kicked that day off in style. He does look as though he's a horse who will be a, a big force in the staying races this season and a serious threat to Stradivarius. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, that was an unbelievable day. Uh, um, in Ascot and, and Dunnock gave him an unbelievable ride obviously um, he, he knew what he had and, and he, he, he read it very well and, and controlled it very well um, but like obviously he's, he's um, yeah, you, like you said he's a lovely big genuine horse very brave uh, loads of class um, and uh, listen it was it was um, listen he, he's, he's one of them very special horses really and for the Nearcos family Circus Maximus returns a dual group one winner last year the Queen Anne stands out as a possible target for him? Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, we're trying to get there first time. Um, everything seems well with him at the moment. Uh, listen, he's a horse, loves the tempo of a mile race. Uh, he's a very relaxed horse. And, and uh, on, until the tempo is right up there, he, he doesn't really... He, he doesn't really wake up or get that interested but when the tempo is up he, he, he focuses and uh, and that's why we think a mile suits him well you know he's very high cruising speed and he's tough um, um, a lot of ability and uh, we're thinking of hopefully the the the, um, the mile race is exactly uh, Emmett Some training performance to get him from the Derby to the St. James's Palace Stakes last year so fascinated to see him in the Queen Anne and uh, I think he should be a shorter price for that race uh, Can I ask you about a, a couple of juveniles, Aidan, before we wrap up, um, because it's, it's a very exciting time. The Gurkha having his first runners this year. You've got a horse called Red Letter Day, um, 525,000 at the Arcana Sales, uh, half brother to the Black Princess, who won a group two. How's he coming along? He had a setback, so we, we were very happy with him and, and we were uh, very, like, doing everything right. We were looking forward to asking with him, but he had a setback and won't make it. Um, so um, we'll just have to go gentle and hopefully um, he, he, we'll get him, hopefully get him back for the end of the year. But um, no, so, um, no, so, um, 
yeah, no, he, he, like we have another horse, uh, Euphrasia at, at the Gurkha uh, Colt, and he, he's doing lovely as well. And then I suppose the, the unusual and surprising thing for us this year, we have um, three Colts by Air Force Blue, and they all three look very high quality horses. And it's unusual when that happens, when you get three uh, by one stallion that, that are shown the, the pace and the all the good traits uh, that you want to see in 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 a in offspring, uh, but when all three had it, it's very unusual, you know. So I suppose they're the ones we're looking forward to running now and see what's going to happen with them. We will put those names up a little bit later on, but there are three that, that really stand out to you. There's just one or two more, if you don't mind, if I ask you about because mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost always drawn to a horse. Uh, it's my Achilles heel who cost an absolute fortune, Aiden. And as you know, that's no guarantee to success. But Saint Mark's Basilica. 1.3 million at the Tattersalls sales. Uh, no pressure on him. Half-brother to 2000 Guineas winner Magna Grisha. Um, your Sayuni horse, yeah, he's he's a lovely horse. Um, the same, uh, he was ready to run and uh, we just eased off him again, but he's, he's uh, shown loads of speed, uh, lovely temperament, um, good mover. Um, no, he's shown all the right things, Emmett, at the moment. And Mexico City, no name ever. He is um, out of mixed feeling. Yeah, he's a lovely horse as well. Um, he's a he's a nearly a black horse. Um, uh, does everything right. Probably six, seven furlongs. Um, at the moment, he's he's working like a horse could be a group horse over six or seven furlongs. But very uh, relaxed, laid back horse with a lovely temperament. Oh, that is music to my ears because the Aidan O'Brien fan side did a a draw. And uh, it looked as though Sarah Lynham, Nick Luck and Graham Cunningham had been given the really good horses. I got Mexico City, who I was excited about. So I'm delighted to hear that uh, well he, he could be a good horse. If you could have a word with, um, with the lads and see if I could get my name on the ownership, I'd be delighted, please. Okay. Uh, of, of, the, of the juveniles, who are you most excited about unleashing, Aidan? Um, I listen to. I suppose, like I said to you, um, I'm looking forward to these. Un- uh, looking forward to race uh, Air Force Blues um, because the pace they're shown. Uh, we ran a an Uncle Mohorse at Nace the first day. Um, he's going lovely, and and he probably he mightn't have to run before Aska because he was second. So uh, what we're trying to do is to get horses out that. Uh, that will get into Ascot because obviously the, it's the first, second, thirds and fourths have preference and it just might be very difficult to get in horses that haven't run into Ascot this year. So that's what we'll probably concentrate on. But listen, like I said, they, they, watch the Air Force Blues. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Watch the Uncle Mo that ran the first day and and uh, and then we have some fillies. Um, we have a war on filly. Um, out of maybe and we we some yeah listen they're all the ones we'll try and get out in the first couple of weeks uh, uh, Lipazaner is that the Uncle Mo out yeah, of that's our, the horse out Irish lights yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Irish lights yeah he was uh, he ran he was second to one of Jim's first time and, and uh, we've been very happy with him since Okay, uh, they're all going into the At The Races tracker. And of course, hopefully, if they make it to Royal Ascot, we'll see them all live on Sky Sports Racing. And it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for your time, particularly given it's such a busy time. All the very best to you and the team for the upcoming season. I'm sure that Shamie Heffern and Wayne Lorden, Emerson, the team, can't wait to get back to action. And you as well. And the, the very best of luck for the new season.
A pleasure, Emmett. Thanks uh, very much. Um, really appreciate it. Aidan O'Brien speaking to us exclusively on the Final Furlong podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this special edition of the show. We are back with our main show with Jess Stafford and Roy DeLarge a little bit later on. And we'll be previewing the 2000 and 1000 guineas and indeed the rescheduled Coronation Cup at Newmarket on Thursday in the company of Kate Tracy and Declan Ricks. You can like the Final Furlong podcast on whatever podcast app you're using. Subscribe for free. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, and of course you can follow us on social media as well at Final Furlong Pod, at Radio Image, and the Final Furlong Podcast Facebook page as well. Hope you enjoyed the show. More shows coming your way, more interviews coming your way. Hope you're in good form, hope you're well, stay safe, mind yourself, and we'll chat to you again very, very soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. God bless. Will it happen or won't it happen? You can bet on it with the Betfair Exchange. Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.